0: So today we are continuing our reset sitting uh, or series. It's the third in our series. Pastor Tammy started us out in an amazing way. Then last week we talked about fasting. And if you've been a part of this church, you know that we start the year off with prayer and fasting. And so I want to invite you to join us in prayer and fasting. Look at this. Joel chapter two, verse 12, God says, return to me with all your heart and with fasting, weeping and mourning. And then in verse 25, it says, if you'll do that, I'll repay you for the years. I'll give you back what you lost. A lot of us, this last year was maybe a year where things were taken from you, maybe some discouragement. And I love the fact that God, even if we find a place in our life where we've wandered away from him, he doesn't kick us away. He actually tells us, he asks us, return to me. He says, if you return to me, I will return to you. He is so merciful and gracious. And so a lot of you maybe don't know a lot about fasting, but what I would like, I like for you to be in the spirit of fasting with us for just for the next three weeks. And there are a lot of different ways to fast but it just mainly means to set apart something, disconnect from something while you connect to God. And so we talked about last week that you're gonna be able to uh, to have a lot of more self-control. It creates a lot of self-control. It creates clarity. It creates direct uh, direction, closeness to God. And so a, a lot of us are gonna do a complete fast where uh, where we just, have liquids. And then a lot of you might do a Daniel fast where you're just eating, you know, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, uh, no meats, no sweets, no bread, no alcohol or, or caffeine. Or you could do a partial fast where you just pass, you fast from sunup to sundown or a version of that, which is like one meal a day. one of the things I recommend for all of us is what's called a soul fast. And that's not food. That's the other things we're taking in. You know, like media, social media, you know, TV, even, even sometimes other Christian TV, sometimes I'll let that go and I'm just gonna read the word, the pure word. And so a lot of us, we need a 21 day social media break. <laughs> and just, just separate yourself from something in the world and watch God move in your life. And, and so fasting, it can have physical benefits, but fasting is not a diet. A diet changes the way you look. Fasting changes the way you see things. It's your perspective, your focus. And God will use it in an amazing way in your life. And so in addition to the fast, we're gonna be having morning prayer here at the church at 7 a.m., Monday through Friday, and then on Saturdays at 9 a.m. And uh, for this week, we're not gonna be meeting in here for prayer because they're gonna be painting this room. So we're excited about that. So we're gonna be in the cafe uh, during prayer and it'll also be streamed online for those of you. But I wanna encourage you to make it online or make it in person if you can. Just jump in with us. You'll, you'll, it'll be exciting to see, to be a part of a praying church, all right? And those of you that are here, did they get their prayer bracelets on the way in? Yes. Yep, all right. And so if you're not here physically, you're watching online, if you come to the prayer services, we'll get you that as well. But that's just to help remind you That this is not a diet. This is a fast where we're praying. And that prayer is the beginning of everything that we do. We pray first. It's not a last resort. And so, and then we also have our prayer boards. If you're here physically over here, that's where you put which days that you're committing to fast uh, during the 21 days. You just put your initials on the board that represents the days that you're fasting. And for those of you that are online, you can go to lwsc.org slash 21 days. And you can sign up for the fast there, as well as get, um, uh, as well as that's where you get the link for the online prayer messages. I just believe this is going to be a powerful reset for this year. What do you think? Yeah. So continuing with this series that we're calling Reset, you know, I don't know how many of you remember this, but my very first video game console was an Atari 2600. Anybody remember this? Yeah. You had the little cartridges that fit in and sometimes they didn't work. So some smart person figured out that if you blow into it you know, and then you put it back in, then it would work. It was high tech back then, let me just tell you. And also back then we were so good at video games. We didn't need 82 buttons on our controller. We just needed a joystick and one button. That's how good we were. Of course, all we did was play Pong and Pac-Man, but but that's beside the point. We were amazing at that one button, weren't we? But on this game system, there was a switch that was called the reset switch. You remember that? You're playing a game and maybe you had three lives and you already, you killed off two of them real quick. So you just reach up and just hit that reset button and it started all over. You had three lives again. Or if you're playing with your brother, your sister and they get ahead of you, then you can just reach down and hit that reset button, and it starts all over. Now, they don't like it very much, but you get a redo. You get to start over and reset your game. Well, in this series, we are talking about actually how to reset our lives for the year. And so in this series that we're doing, we're doing it because no matter where you're at in your life, I'm telling you that God always wants more for you. He always wants you to go to that next level, deeper relationship with him, a stronger family, stronger relationships with your friends. There is always another level to the life that we should be experiencing. Now, that's not to get us down because we're not where we should be. You know, to look at our lives and think, wow, look, it's, it's to look back and look at how far you've come and then be excited about going to the next level. And that's very different than, oh man, I should be at that level, a, you know, I could be there. Because if you're trying to improve your life and your relationships with God and with people, and maybe your financial situation so that you can be generous, if you're trying to improve all these because you're trying to measure up to something that you don't feel like you are yet, that's a horrible place to be. That's an insecure place to be. But when you look at what God has done in my life so far and and what he has done with me so far, and then I wanna challenge myself to get to the next level because I'm enough in and of myself because of what Jesus did for me. Right now, I'm enough. And so out of that confidence and out of that place, I wanna strive to get to the next level. And a lot of times that starts by actually having a reset. You know, it's good to great. You may have killed it in 2021 and life was good and you want it to be even better. You want to go from good to great. But some of us, we feel like we're just trying to get to good. We're feeling like we're trying to measure up. You know, we're feeling like we're stuck in a rut in a certain area of our lives. Maybe you're not happy with things, the way things are going in a particular relationship or an area of your life. And we get to the point that we just need to hit that reset button on who we are in Christ and just go, oh yeah, that's who he made me to be. Hitting reset on maybe reorganizing and revitalizing an area of your life. You see, that's why we're starting this fast today, this 21 day fast that we are starting is so that we can help hit reset on our lives. And as we're doing that, there are a lot of us some of us, in fact, all of us have actually felt this way at one point or the other, where you feel like you're on your own, that you're trying, to feel like, you're trying to figure this out on your own, and you feel stuck in your own life. Anybody ever been stuck in the snow or the mud, and you had to dig out? You had to dig your way out. You had to dig and dig, and you've tried everything that you can, but you just keep spinning your wheels. This is how it feels sometimes in our lives, when we feel stuck in a rut in an area of our life. It's like no matter what we do, our, our wheels just keep on spinning and it's hard to get out. It, maybe it's hard to get out of that mentality or maybe in your, a rut in your marriage relationship or maybe a relationship you have with your parents or with your children. It just seems to be the same and no matter how hard you try, it's like you're taking one step forward and two steps back. And maybe at work, you, you wanna push forward but but you can't seem to push out of that that place where you feel like that you feel like you've been in forever. You're stuck in a rut. You feel like your life is on this negative loop. Maybe you get up each day or or you go to bed feeling tired, and then the next day you, you get up feeling tired too. Maybe there's areas in your life where nothing really excites you, nothing challenges you. You can't even remember the last time that you felt pure. Joy, just because you are alive. Can't get off the couch to take action. It's just like, let's just watch one more episode. It just feels like life is kind of passing you by. You just go to work every day, come home. Or maybe some of us, here's what we do. We stay in our comfort zone. We, maybe we don't, you know, we just have this sense that maybe we're not living up to our full potential. Maybe we're not living up to our destiny and our calling that we feel that God has given us. Maybe you don't even know what your destiny or calling is, but you just live in this comfort zone where we never push out outside of what's comfortable to us. And look, there are a lot of different ruts that we can get into. There's a lot of different ways that we can you know, get stuck in a rut in our lives. But there's actually only one cause that we end up in a rut. And that's this, humans are wired to avoid pain and seek pleasure. We as humans, there's something about us, our self-centered flesh nature that we were born with that wires us to avoid our own pain and to seek our own pleasure. And so sometimes you may not feel like you're at your best in your current state, but what you do feel is comfortable where you are. You know, you know what to expect every day, and you so you seek the pleasure of that comfort, uh, just that that comfortable, warm blanket of where you are. And sometimes you're not comfortable where you are, but trying to get out of that rut is going to involve more effort and maybe the potential for more pain, of failure that you're feeling right now. So here's what we do: we sink back into that rut, even though because we're trying to avoid the pain that might be on the other side of trying to push out of that rut, risking failure of pushing out of that rut. Or maybe we're in that rut because it's comfortable, it's warm, we find pleasure in what we always have known. And so in avoiding the pain, there is a fear of failure that actually comes to us. And that fear of failure, when you try to push out of this rut in your marriage relationship, but what if I'm rejected? You try to push out of this rut at work or school and maybe you fail and you don't get that promotion or you can't get the grade on that glass you wanted to take. Or maybe if you're a business owner opening that next location, what if it fails? We feel that, we, we fear that pain and so we avoid the pain of potential failure. If you're, if you're stuck in a rut in your career, in your family, I'm telling you it's time to take a chance. Because so many times we settle for so much less in our relationships, in our family relationships, in our friendships. We settle for less than we deserve sometimes because of the fear of getting hurt. Because we find comfort in the ple- and pleasure of just where it's at, it's fine, it's fine, don't mess with it. And so we keep our distance from keep, to keep from getting hurt. I think we all find ourselves at times in one of these places in our lives. And I think at the beginning of the year is an amazing place and a great time to really look at our lives just to kind of step back and ask ourselves, are we in a rut somewhere? Is there a part of my life that's a rut that, because I'm avoiding the pain of going to the next level? Or am I in a rut because I'm too comfortable where I'm at? And I wanna tell you that God is always asking us to press forward to more. And there's something inherent in all of us that we know, as I'm speaking even, you know you need to push out of those ruts. You know you need to push forward. And, even, and in the Bible, in Philippians 3:12, Paul has just finished talking about everything he's accomplished and all he's done, but that he's not content in that. And he describes where he wants to go and what his next goals are. And so in verse 12, he says, not that I have already obtained all these things or have already arrived at my goal. He says, I haven't got there yet, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus took hold of for me. You see, in this situation, the apostle Paul is saying, Jesus died on the cross, not only to provide for us eternity with him, but also to give us power and authority that we could live our lives more than overcomers, that we could live our lives with a destiny and a purpose, not only to live for ourselves, but that we could reach out and we could help other people. And then he says, brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself to have taken hold of it yet. I haven't gotten there yet, he says. But one thing that I do, I forget what's behind and I strain toward what's ahead. So what he's saying is all the past failures, all the past comforts, all the past successes, all those things that I know. I forget those things and I press forward. I strain toward what is ahead. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. So Paul understood that there is a tendency for us to avoid the pain of growth and seek the pleasure of the comforts of just staying where we are. In other words, Paul understood that our own nature, our own self-centered fleshly nature, if we're not careful, will draw us into living life in a rut. Whether it be because of fear of failure or because of the pleasure of the comfort of where we live. Either way, living in that rut will get us to a place of never accomplishing what you were meant to be and becoming who you were meant to become. So the question is, how do we step out of those ruts? How do we get out of the ruts so that we can become everything that God called us to be? You know God called you to do something amazing, to be somebody amazing. And you may be out of the rut in one area of your life and in in a rut in another area. You may be killing it at work, but at home, it just seems lifeless and dead. You may be doing great at home with your family, but you're really not doing very well at work or in your business or in your friendships. You may be doing great with your friends or your spouse, but your relationship with your adult children is kind of stuck, it's in a rut. Or your relationship with your parents is stuck. And so there is, there is one keystone thing that you can do this year to reset your life that is going to affect every other area of your life. And I always love to find things that I could do to kill two birds with one stone, something that has multiple good effects, right? And so there is one thing that you can do that is going to affect all those areas of your life in a positive manner, and that is this, develop your relationship with your church. Develop your relationship with your church, because Your church is going to impact every area of your life in a positive manner. Now, it doesn't have to be this church. We hope this is the church that you plug into and and that you develop a relationship with, but you need a place to belong. It's part of of our vision here is that Living Word Family Church is a place where we want you and your family to know that you belong. And what that denotes is that you actually have a relationship with your church. Now, as we discussed, your relationship, I mean, the church is not a building. So we're not talking about a relationship with that post over there. All right. We're the church. People are the church. And I know some people say, well, I love Jesus, but I just, I just don't like church. I hate to tell you, Jesus would have a problem with that. Watch this. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus says, I I will build my church on this rock. I will build my church. I like the fact he didn't say the church. He says, my church. He takes it personal. You see, Christianity... The church is not about Christian. The church is about a gathering of Christians. It's the people. Jesus is coming back for a group of people, the church. And he says, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. That church. God loves us individually, but it says that the gates of hell will not come against us as a group. As a body, we're supposed to be together. You find this all through the New Testament. He loves us as an individual, but our power comes from our unity as a body of believers. The staff here and many of you have given parts of your life for his church because we believe that his church is the hope of the world. God says he wants to work through his church, that as we love each other, they will know that who he is. And yes, God loves us as individuals, and he'll, and, but there is something powerful when we gather as a church, when we have relationships as a church. If we can get this picture of His church in, in our minds, coming is not a duty, serving is not a duty, giving is not a duty. None of these things are something we have to do. When you get the same picture that Jesus has of His church, His bride, The power of his church, how much he loves his bride. Then it becomes a delight. It's Fun Day Sunday. You're excited to be here. You're excited to get to know people. You're excited to pitch in and help. You're you're excited to be a part of the church, not just come to the church, but be a part of the church. You're excited to contribute in any way to the success of the church. You're excited when new families come in. You're excited when it's too crowded. You're excited when new families come in. You're excited when he's excited because it's his church. It's your church. And not only that, if you take advantage of what you have in your church, your church is designed to keep you growing in every area of your life that you wanna grow in. And if you're growing, you don't end up in the rut that we're talking about. If you'll develop relationships within your church, take advantage of your church then you can stay out of the ruts of life. So here, what we need is we need a passion for his church because he's passionate about it. In Romans 12, 11, it says, "'Never be lacking in your zeal.'" You know what that word zeal means in the Greek? White, hot, boiling over. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. That's here. I'm telling you, Christianity, the church was supposed to be one of the most passionate places in life. And what I'm trying to do is reset our passion for our church because I'm telling you, your church is something God gave you. God set you here. And my purpose today is just to help you see the power of of the passion of your church. Because if you take advantage of your church, then we can stay out of the ruts of life. That's why this church is here is to help you in your family relationships, in your spiritual walk, in your spiritual disciplines, yourself, at at your job, in your business, in every area of your life. Did you know there are 30 instructions in the Bible, 30 verses in scripture that you cannot do unless you're connected with a body of believers? Which I said, is the church. So the Bible makes this assumption. There's an assumption that Christians are in a church connected somewhere. Look at this, Ephesians 2.19 says, now you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven. So you're not strangers anymore, but you are members of God's very own family. That's the church. He says, you are citizens of God's country and you belong in God's household with every other Christians. So we are members of each other. And one of the things that I want you to see today is that the body of Christ is a give and take relationship. So you should take advantage of your church, not in a bad way, but you should receive ministry and you should contribute in ministry. It's like, Micah, can I just come and rest? Can I just, you know, I just need to be ministered to. You know, whether it was because of the church you came out of, or maybe, you know, you're, you're new to this church thing and you're just trying to kind of find your footing. And I just wanna let you know, that's perfectly okay. Absolutely. There is a time where you come in and you just rest, you get fed spiritually. There is a time like that in the beginning. And so for those of you that are new, just the last few months, I just wanna say, you're welcome to just relax, just soak it all in. But I wanna tell you that if we wanna reset our life in different areas, if we wanna get out of the rut, you can't stay there. At some point, you wanna find a place where you belong. I pray it's here, but even if it's not, I love you enough to say, find a body of believers where you can plug in, where you can belong, you can grow and be fed, but then also you can contribute ministry and help others because we are members of one another. And so if you've been here for a long time and you don't contribute to the rest of the body in any way, maybe you don't give, you don't serve, you don't bring anybody, I just wanna, maybe that's why you're stuck. You get the most out of a relationship when you contribute to the relationship. Is that right? That applies with your relationship with your church as well. And so I wanna challenge you. I wanna challenge you to do more than just attend your church. See, Melissa and I, we had an attender relationship when we first started dating. You know, we go out on a date, and then we go back home. We, you know, we had an attender relationship. But at some point, I had to put a ring on it. And it's it's great, because marriage has its privileges. But look, you'll never discover, (laughs) you'll never discover the best in a relationship until you contribute to it. And that's your relationship in Christ as well. And I know some of you are kicking the tires. You don't know yet if this is your church. That's cool. Relax. I'm not talking to you. But wherever you end up, God is looking for people who are parts of the body that contribute, that are members of each other. A lot of us, we feel like we're in a rut because we're not contributing. We're not not using the body we're in like it's supposed to be used. And so this is my main challenge that I want to give you today. This year, don't just attend church. Be the church. Be the church. Don't just attend, be the church. Have a place where you belong in the church, where you belong to people and they belong to you, where you build relationships with godly friends, people who would inspire you to be more like God when you are around them. See, in the New Testament, they had weekly services just like this, but they also had house to house ministry. And that's part of our vision which is based upon scripture. In Acts 2, 44, all the believers, they met together constantly and they shared everything with each other. I had uh, somebody last week just say, you know what? I'm having a hard time building relationships and, and figuring, figuring out this, the relationship thing here. Well, we have two specific ways built into the church that actually helps you build relationships with your church. And number one is develop relationships on a team now living word family church it's let me just tell you it's working great right now but i want to tell you we are better with you we're good but we're better with you we're doing fine right now to be honest our services are filling up we we could we actually need to start another service in fact statistics say before covid once chairs get about 70 percent full people will stop coming because it's feeling like it's uncomfortable, like it's too tight, and that was before COVID. The only reason why we don't open up another service that we can grow is simply, we don't have enough people on teams that are volunteering on teams. And if we can catch a vision for being the church, as opposed to just attending church, and joining a team is one of those ways, we could actually open up more services so that more families in our community could come, be strengthened. More people could give their lives to Christ get baptized, become disciples. And if, if you wanna get out of the rut, whether it be fear of pain or just the pleasure of the comfort that you already have, if you wanna get out of that rut this year, one of the things that I wanna encourage you to do, if you're not already, is to serve others. Push past that fear, push past that comfort and just serve others. Serve others on a volunteer team or on a legacy team. And just to be honest, It would be really easy for us just to say, Hey, everything's going great. You know, we like our services. Micah, you give pretty good talks every now and then. You know, it's comfortable. Let's just relax in this comfort. But I want to tell you, you only get out of a church what you put into it. And I want to challenge you to push beyond your comfort zone. There's a whole world waiting on us. Serve the kingdom, use your church for what your church was meant to be used for. And God will do absolutely amazing things in your life this year if you pour into his kingdom. And it has a twofold return. Not only can you help progress the kingdom of God, but also you develop relationships. If you want to figure out how to develop relationships and, and get to know people, one of the ways is to serve alongside of somebody else. And like I said, it's working great now. We're running out of space, but we would be better with you. And I wanna encourage you, if you wanna join a team, your next step is to attend the growth track and find out where you fit. You just go to lwfc.org slash growth track, whether you're online, here in person, it has all the information there. And when you go there, the main part of it is that God has given each one of you and me specific gifts to help us fit within the body. And what we do during the growth track is we help you dig in and find out what those gifts are. And then we place you in a place where you fit and you belong so you can make a difference in the lives of other people using your gifts and also developing a relationship. So get on a team. I wanna encourage you, if you're not already, get on the team by going to the growth track. All right, the second way that you can take advantage of your church in a good way is to get into a meetup, to join a meetup. We talk about leading a meetup, but we all need a place where we're comfortable enough to where we can build relationships with people. And we're comfortable enough to actually take off the proverbial mask, to just ask hard questions, to ask for prayer in certain areas, to get to know people. You see, in Acts uh, 5.42, it says, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, both, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news of uh, that Jesus is the Messiah. But it says not only in the temple, not only at church on Sunday morning, but also in smaller groups from house to house, it's biblical. See, ministry is not, supposed, not only supposed to be gathered together where we celebrate, we hear the word as a large group. It's also supposed to be those times where we have smaller groups, whether it be on a team or in a meetup or, or both. I encourage you to do both. But we would love for you to do both because you'll get more out of it the more you put into it. But I wanna encourage you, don't just attend church, be the church. Don't just be a receiver of ministry, be a contributor to ministry as well. And I'm telling you, if you'll contribute to ministry in these two ways, it will actually help you push out of that rut in your life. It will help you relationally push out of those ruts. It'll help you spiritually push out of those ruts. And also, when the, let me tell you, when the storms of life come, and they will come, you've got people you're doing life with that are there to hold your arms up, to pray for you, to be there for you. This is why God made us to be the church as a group of people and not just individuals out on our own. Because as Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You see, you and I, we were not built to do life alone. And the church was not built just for us to come and be an observer. It was built for us to be a part of it, to be it, not just go to it. And so I just wanna challenge all of us this year in 2021. Look, I know some of you still kicking the tires. I get that. Most of us here, God has placed us here And look, the church doesn't put on all this stuff just because we don't have anything else to do. We do all this for you to minister to you, but also for you to be able to minister to each other as well, because that's God's design. So what would it be like this year if you just went all in this year on your church? You made coming to church a priority. You went to the growth track. You got involved in a team serving others, somebody other than yourself. And you began to tithe and give. You began to tell other people and bring other people in. You went to a meetup. You started a meetup. You started to read through with the rest of us through the one-year Bible. See, these are all parts of your church that are here for a strategic reason. And that reason is because God called you to be the church. Not just come to church. Would you stand with me?